No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah's message continues about Babylon. God will raise up a destroying wind, and the slain will fall in her streets. This is the time of her utter destruction. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 51 on Simply the Bible. Jeremiah has much to say in judgment about Babylon. We can understand that since Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. Now in chapters 50 and 51, he dedicates 110 verses to the subject. Babylon had been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, and he made many nations drink from this cup. But now Babylon herself would drink of her own cup. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 51. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up against Babylon, against those who dwell in Labkamai, a destroying wind. And I will send winnowers to Babylon who shall winnow her and empty her land. For in the day of doom, they shall be against her all around. Now, this word Lebkemi is code for Chaldea or Babylonia, and God would bring this destroying desert wind. Now, we know that there are sandstorms in the Middle East, and they can be destructive and hazardous to one's health. Often they are associated with droughts. God would bring a destroying wind of the Medes and Persians against Babylon, and there would be no place to go. Against her, let her archer bend his bow and lift himself up against her in his armor. Do not spare her young men, utterly destroy all her army. Thus the slain shall fall in the land of the Chaldeans and those thrust through in her streets. Babylon had inflicted this same suffering on many nations. Now it was her turn. They had deprived many mothers of their sons, and now their mothers would be bereaved. For Israel is not forsaken, nor Judah, by his God, the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. What about Israel in this whole process? What would become of the Jewish captives in Babylon? How would God judge Babylon and yet spare his own people among them? The Jews would not be forsaken, for Yahweh of the armies of heaven was their God. He is sovereign in heaven and on earth. Even though Israel had sinned greatly against the Lord, he would not abandon his people, although he did not let them go entirely unpunished. There is no rock like the God of Israel. There is no redeemer like Jesus Christ. All who put their trust in him will never be abandoned. We may endure hardships along with the world around us, but our God will never leave us nor forsake us. He will work all things together for our good. And you know, nothing can separate us from his love. Even when we have sinned, he is gracious when we come to him in childlike humility and repentance. Who is like the Lord our God? Verse 6. Flee from the midst of Babylon, and everyone save his life. Do not be cut off in her iniquity. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He shall recompense her. God called upon his people to flee from Babylon, to escape her judgment. They would have this opportunity when the Medes and Persians conquered the city, 
King Cyrus would issue a decree allowing the Jewish captives to return to their homeland. Likewise, this world is under condemnation. It is passing away, and it will be judged by God. Think of what we have endured lately. Pandemic, war, a bad economy, high fuel and food prices. We looked out the window just the other day and saw grasshoppers everywhere. So what's next? As a nation, we have turned from God and his word. We have thrown his laws behind our back to do whatever we want. People are lovers of money and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And those are the signs of the last days. Do we really think that we can continue without God intervening? But whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved from this world. We may suffer hardship along with everyone else, but we are citizens of a kingdom that is out of this world. So let us take to heart the words of Jesus concerning the last days found in Luke 21. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Many people are complaining about what is happening in the world today, but how many are taking heed to themselves? How many are looking up to the Lord's salvation? How many are calling upon his name in faith? And when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Verse 7, Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunk. The nations drank her wine. Therefore, the nations are deranged. Babylon has suddenly fallen and been destroyed. Wail for her. Take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone to his own country for her judgment reaches to heaven and is lifted up to the skies. So God's golden cup was Babylon. He used that cup for the nations to drink of it, to drink the punishment and the judgment for their sins. But now the cup that God used was being destroyed. So Jeremiah says, wail for her. Now, at one point, Jeremiah had sent a letter to the Jewish captives saying that they were to seek the peace of Babylon because they were going to be there for 70 years. So here he says, wail for her. And it would seem that Jeremiah himself is grieved even over what was going to happen to Babylon. But she is not healed. Because she would not repent, Babylon's judgment would reach to the heavens. This is symbolic of God's judgment against Babylon the Great, the world system that does oppose God. This will happen during the Great Tribulation, and we read about it in Revelation 17 and 18. Now, if you want extra credit, I would suggest that you read those chapters along with Jeremiah 50 and 51. So, since this judgment would come upon Babylon, God says, forsake her. Come out of Babylon and save yourself from her judgment. The Lord has revealed our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Make the arrows bright. Gather the shields. The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. 
for his plan is against Babylon to destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance for his temple. And so God's righteousness and justice would be revealed and there's the calling for those in Jerusalem to declare it. It would be a time of celebration for the people would be able to return to Jerusalem. Here, Jeremiah identifies the invading force, which would be the Medes and Persians in 539 BC. It is interesting that God raised up the spirit of these kings to attack Babylon. God is sovereign over the affairs of all mankind. He moves upon the spirits of all people to accomplish his will. He used both King Nebuchadnezzar and King Cyrus as his instruments of judgment. Whom is he moving on today? What spirit is he raising up to accomplish his will? It could be you. Set up the standard on the walls of Babylon. Make the guard strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both devised and done what he spoke against the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasures, your end has come, the measure of your covetousness. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with men as with locusts, and they shall lift up a shout against you. So God calls here for the watchmen to be set up on the walls. These would be the Babylonians who would be guarding the city, and yet it would be for no purpose because the Medes and Persians would conquer her. Now, Babylon was on the Euphrates River near the Tigris River, but Cyrus would divert the Euphrates and invade Babylon at night by marching his troops in the riverbed underneath the walls. God said, I will fill you with men as with locusts. And sure enough, the troops of the Medes and Persians would enter Babylon when they least expected it. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heaven by his understanding. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. The one who created all things can easily bring them to an end. Everyone is dull-hearted without knowledge. Every metal smith is put to shame by the carved image, for his molded image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the maker of all things. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Babylonian gods were lifeless and worthless. Their image could do nothing and would perish. Where is Marduk today, the Babylonian deity? But the portion of Jacob is the maker of all things. Is he your portion? You are my battle axe and weapons of war, for with you I will break the nations in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you, I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. With you also, I will break in pieces man and woman. With you, I will break in pieces old and young. With you, I will break in pieces the young man and the maiden. With you also, I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you, I will break in pieces the farmer and his yoke of oxen. And with you, I will break in pieces governors and rulers." 
Who is God's battle axe here? At the time Jeremiah wrote this, in the fourth year of King Zedekiah, it was Babylon. It would be seven years before she destroyed Jerusalem. And Nebuchadnezzar was conquering many nations at the time. Babylon was like a hammer breaking the nations into pieces. Nine times the word break is used in these four verses. But Babylon herself would soon be broken. So some commentators think that the battle axe referred to here is the Medes and Persians. And I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea for all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. Babylon had been God's instrument to chasten Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, but she had gone too far and would now be judged herself for her pride and for her evil. If God uses us as his instrument, we must never let it go to our head. If we must speak to someone about his or her sin, let us make sure that we do it with humility and the gentleness of Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do just thank you that you have given to us your word to show us things to come. And I just pray, Father, as we know that this world is passing away that we would flee from it and into the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have prepared a place for us that is out of this world. And may we, by faith and repentance, enter it. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will return to the book of 2 Chronicles, where a mighty army of Moabites and Ammonites comes against Judah. King Jehoshaphat prays, and God tells him that the battle belongs to the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.